Welcome to the Regen podcast, updating you on the latest in smart and renewable energy. Regen takes time to digest the latest renewable energy policy, technology and market development announcements and prepare them for you to make informed decisions about your business. This podcast is brought to you with support from the Esme Fairburn Foundation. The Esme Fairburn Foundation has been supporting Regen's Community Energy Programme for three years. I'm Chloe Eden, I'm a producer at Regen and I'm here today with Jodie Giles. Jodie, tell us a bit about yourself. Uh, So I run the Communities Programme at Regen and that involves kind of facilitating and coordinating activities for about 200 community energy groups nationally and today we're here for the community energy spring gathering at Dartington. So um, Jodie I'm keeping my voice down so we're going to have to keep quite close to the microphone. What's going on here today? So it's the community energy spring gathering so we've got nearly 30 people in a room together all from community energy groups and all discussing what they want to discuss. So we've gone for open space format, which is hugely exciting and a little bit scary. Um, It's really about giving complete control over to everyone in the room and letting them talk about what they want to talk about and vote with their feet, go where they want to go and talk to the people they want to talk to. They must all have quite a lot to talk about because there are some very focused people out there. They are seriously focused and they are having an amazing, you know, amazing discussions. I've just been walking around listening to some of them and taking photographs of them. And yeah, if, if I had tried to plan this session, it would never have worked in this way. They're talking about exactly what they want to talk about and they're getting into some really meaty issues. There's a group over here talking about values and all of the kind of um, engagement activities that they get up to and how they can make their groups more collaborative and more diverse and more representative of their communities. It's great. Oh, that's fantastic. What other things are people talking about? Um, so we've got, I've only listened to that discussion, um, but there's another discussion going on about solar business models, new business models for solar, um, combining storage with that. And I believe the other discussion is about monitoring. Um, so yeah I'm going to go and listen to those now but they look extremely focused. These things seem like they are very important things for community energy groups and it looks well you know working in a community energy group can be quite a lonely thing you're often working with one or two people what does it mean to these groups to come together? I think you can see it on their faces like how much they appreciate talking to each other and feeling less isolated in what they're doing because in their own communities they are kind of really determined to make things happen and do things in a collaborative way but quite often you're right there's only a few of them doing that and for them all to come together and realize that they're actually many of them facing the same issues and the same challenges and getting the time and space to talk about those is just absolutely crucial and they're loving it. So this is the first time that we've done something quite like this. I and mean, We've done community energy feasts, we've done the odd training course, but this is the first time that I've seen that a large group of community energy groups has been able to come together in one space. How has that been possible? 
Um, so it's been possible because Regen got some funding from Power to Change to facilitate and organise peer networking activities in Devon and Dorset and particularly the Devon groups wanted to open that up and make sure that everyone was invited um, so that it wasn't just Devon centric and so they've invited people from all over the country to come to this. They've been really involved in the planning so some of the people here have been really kind of instrumental in making sure that it happens the way it does and I've really just been dealing with logistics so um, so yeah, it's kind of happened very organically and, you know, it can look a bit chaotic at times, but it's just brilliant to see these groups who are so talented and have so much to offer each other um, self-organising in this way. So you've created this structure um, where everyone can come together and chat to each other about the issues that are important for pretty much all community energy groups. And I've seen downstairs that you've got a table of necessities, which includes a first aid kit and refreshments and a piñata. Mm -hmm. Why is a piñata something that is an important factor? Okay, so community energy has been on a real roller coaster ride the last few years and there have been some seriously difficult policy changes and challenges for these groups and so their existing model for community energy the business model um, was pretty much decimated by this government and that's meant that there's a lot of people who who feel a bit sore about that you know they're upset and they've spent a lot of time working on these projects for really um, really good reasons to make their communities stronger and better and more resilient and those plans have been interrupted by policy changes and so some of the groups feel quite you know upset by that and the piñata was their idea they wanted it because they wanted a constructive outlet for anyone who felt really upset by what had happened so it's kind of a joke but it's also really about valuing people's pain and you know the effort that they've put in to make things happen that haven't necessarily happened in the way they thought they would um so none of them have used it yet <laughs> but i expect it's because you've been providing them with some yummy food yeah. and a nice space to be in dartington is just amazing at this time of year it's just really gorgeous um and um, it's been really interesting for me sitting into the group circle and hearing about some of the projects that people have been doing. I'm hoping to catch some of those voices a bit later on in the podcast. But um, you're not just you're not just talking about stuff. You're actually going to be going out today and looking at things. Yeah, we are. So Dartington Estate, we're really fortunate, have been working with Totnes Renewable Energy Society for years and they have a plan for renewables on the estate. So we're going to go and have a look at their solar farm and their biomass boiler this afternoon. And then tomorrow morning, we're going to go and look at Staverton Hydro, which is a project that they're doing jointly with, with Trasoc. And it's funny, isn't it? Because you um, community energy groups can get quite into their own projects but it's still really valuable isn't it to see other projects and other ways of doing things um, what do you think that um, will be the the outcomes of this sort of meeting so we deliberately went into this with no planned outcomes or expectations this is so much about groups having the time and the space to talk about the things that they need to talk about and want to talk about and so 
really the outcome is what's happening, you know, what we wanted to happen is happening now and these discussions are taking place and people are building the relationships that they will need and gaining the strength and enthusiasm and inspiration that they will need to take them through their projects in the future. Hello Sonia, um, you've just been in a session, what, what's that just been about? Uh, the session has been oh, so many things, but it was shared values and solidarity between groups and how we can get the best out of our memberships and make everyone feel included in what we're doing. Was there any kind of key points that came out of the session? Um, we uh, put together a set of values um, which we felt might be of use to community groups and people wanting to engage, so that, came, that was really useful. And the realisation that Community Energy England didn't have on their website any set of values that we could follow, so perhaps we needed to put that together with the help of Regen. So my name's Jane Brady and I'm part of the Totnes Renewable Energy Society. And um, how are you enjoying the event so far? Fantastic, always. These Regen events are great. Um, just time spent with people is invaluable. Um, sparks, you know, are flying in my in my mind around things that I want to, to pick up on and take forward. So it's been really excellent so far. And we're only two-thirds of the way through or halfway through. It's been great. So um, I've just been speaking to Sonia and I understand that you have the list of shared values that um, you guys developed in your group. Can you share them with us? I do. Um, so let's see. Not that all of these are necessarily pure values, but at least it moves towards that. So we have things like protection, helping, concern for others, uh, representing the environment, holistically, a, a holistic approach, um, ecology, that we are driven by a need, that there's a need out there that we have to fill, um, an importance around showing by doing, um, that this is an ongoing effort uh, around awareness raising and doing what we do. It's never ending. There's no, there's no start and stop. Uh, inclusion, integration, whole systems change, entrepreneurialism, um, a livelihood focus, profit for purpose, which is a phrase that's been banded around, um, democratic, equality, uh, community power and em empowerment, future thinking and international connectivity. So all of those things I think we could fold into what I see as a potential charter for the community energy movement. Uh, and what's the next session that you're going to go into? I'm not sure actually. I need to go and see. Uh, community engagement is kind of my, that's my world. So I might actually go to something that's a bit more typical, uh, not typical, technical. Um, and see if there's something around there that's interesting. But I was also quite interested in the, the one about activism, some kind of a, um, a sort of a kit for activists. I think as a, as a movement, we need to get much more, um, we need to shout louder. So I'm interested in that as a subject. Hello, Jill. Hello. It's Chloe. Um, you're here at the Community Energy Spring Gathering. I am. And um, I was just wondering if you could tell me about the session that you've just been in. <laughs> um, it was about um, operations and maintenance. Um, several of us have got sites fully installed and we're in the first one to two years following that installation. So 
Whereas if we got together two years ago, we'd have been talking about how to install. Now we're talking about what's the best way of getting the monitoring, maintenance, annual inspections, displays up and working and being effective and what's the best way of doing it. So, very useful. And were you able to learn anything new from any of the others? Um, yes, um, but I think the, the biggest thing was finding out that everybody's struggling with exactly the same problems and we may not have answers for all those problems, but there's always... I always feel better when I find out that I'm not alone in what I don't know. And then, if I don't, if all of us don't know, then that's when we need to get Jody to do a session, bringing in monitoring experts and annual inspection experts to give us some information. I'm Tom Burnett, and um, I'm a consultant, but working with a number of different of the, of the community benefit societies, um, Dorset, NADA, and um, uh, Salisbury, and uh, yeah, just here to sort of meet everyone else, really. And what was the last session that you were in? I've just had a very small little district heating session, which was very <laughs> had a low turnout, but um, it was quite interesting actually because it was kind of you got the big stuff, big district, and you got micro, and uh, you know maybe community energy might play better to the smaller scale stuff, which I thought was quite interesting. And so we sort of part that topic there for the time being, um, and I'm now looking forward to going and understanding how it's going to be integrated uh, uh, energy with uh, this. Uh, affordable housing what else is there affordable housing property energy sort of everything integrated yeah linked with electric vehicles right there we go so that's all encompassing so um this is going to be a breakthrough session i think go for it thank you um well my name is ian bright i'm managing director of the totnes renewable energy society and we're working with dartington on a number of projects in solar hydro and ad and um, we're at this Community Energy Spring gathering and you've just been in a session. What were you talking about? Uh, we were talking about integrating renewable energy systems into uh, new social housing. Um, primarily solar. Um, I think also uh, wood fuel heating has a role to play. But the discussion that we had was mostly about how do you, how do you put a, a project like that together. Um, how do you identify the land, acquire the land, raise capital for the development, um, and how do you then integrate renewable energy systems into that, manage them, build people for the energy that they're using, and so on and so forth. So you've been pretty instrumental in organising this gathering. What were you hoping to get out of it? We just wanted um, we were just looking for an opportunity, really, to just talk to other community energy practitioners and share experience and see what works, what doesn't work, where we're heading, what we could do. Um, it, it's also, it can be quite a lonely occupation if you're a community energy person in, in your local area. And um, it's, it's very encouraging to find that we're all working within the same parameters towards the same ends and the same kind of solutions and it, it, it's, um, it's reassuring to, to find 
other people are tackling these same issues and, and to share experiences and so on. So what are you doing next? Next, we're, well, right now we're going for a walk through the lovely Darsington estate to look at some solar PV and Woodfield boiler that they've recently installed. My name's Tim Crabtree and I work at Dartington. I teach at Schumacher College on an economics master's programme and I'm also chair of Dorset Community Energy. Oh, fantastic. So um, we're going on a walk at the moment um, into the gardens. Where are we going? Uh, we're going to go and see the um, PV array that uh, Dartington have put in. Okay, so Dartington is a charity. Um, it owns a 1,200-acre estate near Totnes, and there are a whole range of activities that are going on in the estate around the arts and social justice and education and I work for Schumacher College which is the main educational sort of initiative on the estate and we were set up 25 years ago um, to partly through the inspiration of EF Schumacher the whole small is beautiful and localized economies um, strand and then also a strong uh, sustainability focus as well so actually our first ever course 25 years ago was with James Lovelock um, who provided the kind of science behind um, the whole climate change agenda now. And what sort of work are you doing at Schumacher? Uh, so I work part-time. Uh, I'm kind of like a visiting lecturer. Uh, the last 30 years I've worked in sort of the new economy in very sort of practical areas like food and energy and housing and so I get my students engaged in the sort of practical side of new economics. Is that how you got involved in Dorset Community Energy? Um, no, I, I also work for an organisation called Wessex Community Assets and um, so, so we did the original action research into how to use community benefit societies to do community share issues. So we got funding from people like the Friends Provident Foundation about 10 years ago. And after that, um, set up a registration service. So we've registered quite a number of community renewables organizations. And uh, yeah, it just, there was an opportunity in Dorset to set one up there as well, uh, working with Pete West, who's the was the Renewable Energy Officer at Dorset County Council. And so we set that up about three years ago. And, yeah. What's it like working in a community energy organisation? Um, well, this one's been great because we had some funding to pay Pete Adair Week to um, work with schools to try and persuade them to have PV on their roofs but also to do a lot of the technical work as well and so you know obviously we are mostly volunteers so it's quite nice as a volunteer to have somebody who A knows what they're doing and B is being paid to do it so it kind of makes it easier to kind of sustain the involvement otherwise it's quite a challenge. And um, what are the sorts of projects that you guys are working on at the moment? Um, well, we've done our initial projects, so we've got PV on 
four community buildings and 12 schools. Obviously, we were then hit by the reduction in the feed-in tariff. Um, we'd raised half a million, you know, reasonably easy from local people, and we obviously had the hope that we could carry on. So now, I think, like a lot of um, community renewables organisations, we are kind of regrouping and, you know, looking at what the future possibilities might be. Um, so things like district heating schemes or the potential to add storage to um, the existing PV schemes. Um, yeah, so I think like a lot of groups, you know, just trying to work out what the way forward is going to be. What do you think is the future of community energy? Uh, I think community energy is the future, obviously. Um, I think, you know, clearly the cost of panels, the cost of um, storage is coming down. I think we haven't really cracked the heat uh, dimension of things and I think that's still got to be worked out but it's, it's an opportunity particularly if we can make our buildings more efficient so we don't need so much heat then I think there's a real opportunity there as well. So. Um how, um, what sort of value do you see in events like this? Um, I think it's really challenging to work in community organisations and in areas where, yeah, it's, it's a struggle to make things work. And so I think we need the support of, you know, people from other similar organisations to share ideas and just you know collectively see that we're part of a wider movement so i think it's incredibly important we've just arrived at the solar pv array um, can you describe it for me uh, yes so as i said dartington um, it's quite a large estate about 1200 acres and the core of the estate is a big farm so we're looking at a field uh, which is actually high up above the estate but completely hidden you can't see any uh, any other buildings or anything so it's, it's, it's a sort of perfect site for a PV array because no one's going to complain you can still use the field for grazing animals and the electricity that's being produced actually can feed into Dartington's own private uh, grid system that was built a long time ago so it's, uh, it's a great addition. This is one of the things that I think many people don't realise is that it is possible to build fields of solar that animals can graze as well. Yes that's right I mean I can see why some people you know they look at these vast solar arrays and they are a blot on the landscape but I think this kind of sort of medium scale PV array that's you know it's it's supporting a charity that's doing good work um, obviously having an environmental effect but as I say also you know it's still loads of grass around you can get the animals in and you know it's not really impacting on uh, on the farm or uh, on biodiversity. Why is it that um, not every field of solar panels does get grazed? Is it are there, you know this are there technical issues that m mean that not everyone uses fields of solar panels for multiple purposes? Um, 
Sometimes it's a sort of practical issue, like in Plymouth. They've, the Plymouth Energy Community have put a big solar array next to the estuary on sort of brownfield site uh, where the land is actually quite degraded and wouldn't be suitable for grazing. And in other places, um, the farmers just lease the fields and, you know, obviously decide it's too complicated to then re-lease it back for a bit of grazing. So sometimes it's as, as simple as that. Thank you so much. Right, so we've just been in a field full of solar panels and um, I understand that you are the person who knows about them. <laughs> well, I'm the estate manager and um, so uh, the installation um, in the um, field was something that um, I helped with, um, but uh, I'm not the technical expert. Um, but there's some pretty interesting features about that uh, field of solar panels. Yes, yeah, so it's a 500 um, uh, kilowatt uh, array and the uh, panels are um, sloping and there are two panels, one on top of the other in each row, which means that the rows are quite widely spaced and that means that we can also graze sheep in between the rows, um, which fits in with our um, uh, sustainability and multi-use um, purposes. The farm has um, changed from being conventionally managed to being managed on orga organic equivalent standards over the last two or three years. Um, and so we've seen a great uh, increase in both uh, uh, floral species and um, birds and beetles as well. It has reduced our uh, carbon output by um, half. Grass obviously grows at the same rate as anywhere else uh, in between the rows, obviously less underneath the panels itself, but the sheep can still get under there, so that's good for them for shelter. Um, and they just graze until the grass runs out and then they're moved on. Regen is an independent not-for-profit that uses its expertise to work with industry, communities and the public sector to revolutionise the way we generate, supply and use energy. Join now. Membership is open to any organisation who supports our mission and we will keep you informed, involved and connected. Please visit www.regensw.co.uk Thank you.